Nine years ago, in February, I was writing in my journal about future vision, okay? And at that point, I was approaching the end of my first year on campus. So it was the end of my second semester on campus. And I remember sitting down with Russ in our discipleship appointment, and I'm going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff, Russ, look at all this stuff. And Russ was very kind and gentle, and he didn't shoot anything down. He said, that's exciting. But I, I pitched the vision of having a physical location and an internet uh, curriculum that would expand from the physical location and that we would network with other churches, ministries, schools. I had several different areas that we'd like to network with to be able to disseminate discipleship resources and to aid spiritual multiplication. Okay, It was kind of a, a cool vision. And it was all written in my journal. But then I kind of like forgot about it for a while. I kind of put it aside. I didn't really focus on it. And I think that's important in ministry. Sometimes God gives you a vision for something in the future. And it's not time for it yet. And that's fine. He's preparing you for it. But I needed to be faithful with what he put in front of me. I needed to learn. That was the end of a really hard year. You guys remember that year? It was not super easy for any of us staff. Um, a lot of things happened on campus. And uh, we were getting ready for a summer project that summer. It was a great summer project. And then um, the next one, we were overseas with Kyle and Mitch. It was really fun. But anyway, we had to kind of focus there. About five years ago, Austin and I went on a vision trip to Turkey. Okay, And we were on a bus on a ferry. <laughs> so the bus drove up on a ferry. And we were going over the Eurasia Strait into Istanbul because we'd been on the other side of the strait. And we're crossing into Istanbul, and as we're crossing into Istanbul to get a flight, I don't remember, it was late, I remember that. Um, but we got there, remember, like in the middle of the night, we're trying to sleep in this airport with all these people returning from, from the Hajj and sleeping. It was really intense. But anyway, as we're on that ferry, we start talking about a goal of raising a million dollars. And that week, we'd already talked about um, also setting a goal of starting a training center and a few other goals, too, that have happened. You know, God's really been faithful. And Austin and I prayed together about it, and we wrote these things down somewhere. I don't have where we wrote them down. I wish I did. I've looked and looked and looked. But anyway, we get back, and Russ tells me, like two weeks later, somebody wants to give us a ranch. And I said, are you kidding me? Let's take it. <laughs> what, what other answer could there be to give you a ranch, you know? Like, we'll take it. Uh, but he goes, I don't know what they mean by give it. And so we sat down with him and said, what do you want to do? And they said, we want to give you the ranch. And Russ said, did you hear it? I'm like, I heard it. <laughs> Russ said, let me ask somebody else on their staff what they mean by give you the ranch. And it turned out it meant to, to, to pay about 400 and something thousand dollars to the bank to take this whole place over. And Russ said, well, we're not just going to do that. If we're going to trust God for this, we need to get this place up to par. You know, it needs to get fixed. So we got a bunch of contractors up here and said, how much is it going to cost? And they said $600,000 to get it fixed. Uh, so that was a million dollars, which was just crazy that like three weeks prior, God had been preparing us for this step. It was incredible. And in about a period of two months, we raised lots of support, but not enough. We raised about 167000 I think. And we got down to a few days out, and Russ said, we're sending every penny back. Every single penny we're sending back, which is the right thing to do if um, nothing happened. And a couple days before, uh, a long, old-time friend called and said, I want to make this happen. And he goes, what do you guys need, like three or 400000 And we said, actually, 
try like 800,000, you know? And so uh, he and his wife came through, and they've actually given a lot more than that. They've probably given 1.1, 1.2 million or something like that at this point. Um, and so God has really provided incredibly, right? Uh, and in many other ways. That was about five years ago. Uh, as we began considering all God's done here to bring this vision to where it's at, Aaron and I realized we personally need to not just assume that we're where we are, need to be. So we um, signed, Aaron did this. <laughs> Aaron applied the liberty for both of us, and we got accepted. And we did some classes to kind of get a stronger personal background to be able to have more credibility when we do the training center, just because a lot of people in the Christian world are going to look for that kind of thing. But it was all geared towards the training center to make this what it needs to be. So now we stand at a place where we realize that God has provided so much money, so many man hours, so much vision for this physical location, but not just for the physical location. You remember Mark and Brad and I sat up here last year and talked about more than the physical location. We talked about all that we want to see happen with this training center online. We want to develop this discipleship curriculum, a three-year discipleship curriculum that will exist online. We're looking at Moodle right now, which is a learning management software that's free, that's used by 70,000 institutions. And I've actually signed up for some more classes with Moodle just to like start testing Moodle out as well. Well, that's one reason, you know. I want to figure out how Moodle works and what it's like. But the reality is, is we might get to use that software, but that's, what would you say, some percentage of what we want, but not everything. We still need God to develop an IT team that can really make this what it needs to be. But hopefully, in the foreseeable future, we'll have a three-year discipleship curriculum on phones and iPads and all that, that you have all helped develop, that we as a team have created, and we'll teach it at conferences, put the video and audio online, put the... the you know, editable stuff online so people can work on it. And then have a discipleship um, kind of tool that allows you to track who you're discipling, where they're at in their progress, and how far they've gone. And it'll give you prompts and reminders about spending some quality time with this guy other than just the content or, you know, whatever else. It'll also help you see how their multiplication is going. So Brad's discipled three guys, but those three guys have discipled 17 guys, and those 17 have discipled 54. So Brad's very small investment of time has led to 180 people being discipled or something like that. Hopefully it'll be visionary. Then hopefully that team can start training the body of Christ to use those resources. When we talked about catalyst teams that could really be training people around the country to use those types of resources. The goal being this, exactly. The goal being multiplying Christ-like multipliers, unleashing servants into the Great Commission harvest, right? Seeing spiritual multiplication really happening. Uh, one of the guys that was in a class that I did at Liberty is a Marine, and he is finishing up his last three years of the Marines. He's actually a year older than me, if you can believe that, but he's going to get his retirement in about three and a half years, and um, I don't know how things will pan out, but he's real interested to join our staff. He keeps saying, this is the ministry I've dreamt of my whole life, but he has this huge vision for the Great Commission, and he, he tells me, Nate, I've taken, I think he said, four classes, graduate-level classes, because he's just finishing, or he just finished his master's this summer, I think. Because I've taken four classes on discipleship, but I still don't know how to just do it, right? It's all theoretical. And he says, what you guys are trying to do is what I need. I just need a resource and a little bit of training that tells me how to do it. 
not theoretical. Just give me the tool, tell me how to use the tool, and I'm off and running. And I want to do this with all my heart. So he says, this is exactly what I need, this kind of stuff. Okay, so that is kind of the big picture, but we're at a point right now where uh, we have some critical needs, I guess. Here are some of the critical needs. We just did a conference in Durango, and it's like pulling teeth to get people from Durango to come to a conference in Durango. It's kind of hard. I mean, why should I come to Durango? I live here. You know what I mean? And take time off from work when I could be going somewhere other than here. It can be difficult. We still had some time. That was good. But it can be very difficult. Also, there just aren't a lot of people here. We really want this place to be maximized for God. We don't want this training center, Three Trails Ranch has the physical location, to just serve Durango. We've said since we raised support that we want this to have an international impact. So we've got to get access to larger numbers of people to develop and to train. There are a lot of other issues, too, that made us start thinking a few years ago about what are some solutions so that we can actually make this all that it needs to be for God. What can we do? We also, as a Durango team, we're kind of getting maxed out with the number of staff on our team. And so for all of us to be able to grow the way we need to grow, there needs to be a change on the team. And Malcolm and Leah need to take, are ready to take some big steps, and they need to take some big steps um, in order to you know, grow and, and uh, be all that God has called them to be. Um, so we're a pretty big team for a pretty small campus. And so... And, and that it's a great thing. Yeah. I've had so much fun working with our team, but it's also growing now. So we have two new couples reporting the campus soon, right? And it's getting to a point where staff are not going to have the opportunities that they need to continue developing. There are only so many talks in a semester, right? There are only so many things that so many staff can do. And Malcolm and Leah, I think, I told Bryce and Austin and Kyle this, I said, I know that they're at a point where if they don't take the next step, they're going to they're gonna go backwards if they're just sitting where they're at. I mean, they've gotten to a point where they can do things without us. They can lead things without us. Uh, they're very respectful, but they have ideas that are different than mine. And that's a good thing. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, right? I don't want to just shoot down their ideas, and I try not to. I really want them, though, to have freedom to, like, go for it with all that God's made them able to do. I told Malcolm, maybe last year, I said, you're going to be a better campus director here than I ever have been. Yeah. And I believe Malcolm is like, Mr. Durango, right? Like, <laughs> rock climber, doesn't really care how much, how he dresses. <laughs> Leah makes him look good, but all that. He's gotten a lot better. Uh, Especially since he was voted like worst dress last year. <laughs> no. We'll go and see. Okay, so now about a year ago, a lot of this stuff has been a year now. You know, Nate and I were just like thinking through all this, like where God is leading us. And we were driving through a particular city and, <laughs> and just thinking about like, you know, we have to do something. You know, we feel like, you know, all these things turning in our hearts. And then all of a sudden, like God really dramatically started moving us towards a new direction uh, about a year and a half ago. And, I mean, his
hands on our lives have been so evident over the past year as we've been making new, like these decisions and taking these new steps. Um, it's been pretty incredible to watch his moving in our lives and what he's doing and, and the answers to prayer and um, just confirmation of these next steps, which Nate, you're going to talk about next. So. Yeah, like putting our house on the market and it's under contract in six days and under contract with former students. We were so bummed that we're going to leave our neighborhood and there won't be a Christian influence in this neighborhood. In our house, we put a lot of time and effort into it. I kept thinking, I don't want some ungodly people to live here. I want God to be glorified in this house. Like, I want ministry to happen in this house. And we're praying that kind of stuff, you know? And even Eliana was praying that whoever took over our house would adopt kids. So we get, a, we get so. an offer from former students. One was on our servant team. They met in our ministry. And they, they're in the middle of adopting a boy right now from Africa. And they're supposed to get him in September. And they have a little condo in Durango. And they have no place big enough for this boy. And on the second they saw our house, they were like, we've been in that house. We've pretty much met in that house. And we hung out all of our first times in that house. Uh, and we want to live there with our boy, you know? Both of us just felt like, man, God is just so good in confirming this. Okay, so I'm being long-winded. So I pitched three options to the directors last October-ish. I said there are three options I see for the Great Commission Training Center. Option one is I stay in Durango, I direct the Fort Lewis team, and I direct the training center. And I said, um, if that's what everybody thinks is best, that's fine. But I don't see the training center getting the attention it needs. Um, it just, there's a good chance that won't happen, you know. And I see these other needs that might not get met. I said option two is we stay in Durango and we, we have somebody else like Malcolm and Leah lead the Durango team and we lead the GCTC team. It's probably better for the GCTC, but there's still these other op obstacles, you know. And I said there's a third option and that option is, uh, I didn't, I don't think I even said the city at first because we talked about it for a little bit afterwards. In my mind, there is a good possibility of what that would be. I was really trying not to even emotionally think about it. I told Aaron, this will not happen. Don't be like, we're not even thinking about it. That day, I told her that, you know. Like, we're not even going to think about it. So when we presented those three options, uh, the directors unanimously said option three is the best for, for uh, the future of the GCTC. But Russ said, we don't make any decisions without lots of prayer. So we spent the next four months in prayer. And then that was followed by two more months in prayer which was followed by a couple more weeks in prayer. <laughs> and it kind of um, was six plus months in prayer. And we all talked back in about April. And, uh, and everybody said, uh, let's, let's move with this, right? And so the next step was, um, if this is really God, God needs to confirm the team as well. And so we talked to one person who um, God said, why don't you show the first you guys want to know where the next step is? Why don't you show the first picture? Go for it. Okay. So, ah, uh, there's Aaron and I. Yeah. Okay. And then they're down here. You'll see it. And then um, we talked to somebody else in this room who um, just about exploded with excitement. That's Stephanie. And she even brought a hat here tonight that you can put back on. You have to keep this secret. Alright, so you come up to And then about, wow, look, the mic is face there. That's awesome. 
about, it was not, it was like three weeks ago, we were on a conference call, and right before the end, I just said to Russ. But, just so everybody knows, I, I called it like six months before. Yeah, I was, I was like, it'd be this person, this person, this person, yeah. And I'm like stressing out, no way. I don't think so. I think you're, I, I thought that'd be great, but I thought it would happen. So anyway, about three weeks ago, I said, Russ. I would really like to talk to this uh, certain couple before staff meeting just to see where they're at. Because if they are on board, it would be really visionary to share that with the team. And if they're not on board, I don't even want to like play around with this or entertain this anymore. And so um, he said, go for it. And that day I talked to them on the phone and I said, I don't want an answer from you. I just want you to pray about this. And so they just prayed about it. And when they came to the GCL conference, uh -oh. <laughs> they were very divided on this decision. <laughs> Can you guess who the other person is? <laughs> so, anyway, you guys want to come So that's kind of the, the big... So, um, I'll explain kind of some of the possibilities and things like that in a minute. You can keep talking. It's a, I'm, I'm, I'm not Jesse. <laughs> All right. I can make it work, but not as fast as that. Now, with that being said, Malcolm and I have had a lot of the discussions about taking this step, and uh, he told me, I think the reality, he's not ready for it. The Holy Spirit in him is. <laughs> and so it's the kind of thing that I know that Malcolm isn't looking at and saying, I got this, and I'm pretty sure Leah isn't either. But I think both of them, with a real humble dependence on the Holy Spirit, are saying we're ready to take a risk. And so this won't be happening this month. This is like a year away that this, that this transition will be happening. So Malcolm and <laughs> Leah are going to be co-directing uh, at Fort Lewis with us this year. So Malcolm is, uh, he came to his first director meeting last week. All right. <laughs> That's the deal. So, <laughs> but everybody, word kind of gets out in the ministry like this, huh? Anyway. Diana got on board just after this picture, too. <laughs> so, yeah, she's not she so happy about it. She's like, I don't like this campus. I only like our campus. And then she found a water fountain and a duck. In the middle of campus, she was like, this is an awesome campus. <laughs> she was like, I love this campus. So anyway, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Okay, so Albuquerque is kind of a really big city. It's not as big as Denver. It's a nearly a million people, 900,000. And it's pretty big. It's very broken. It's very broken. There's a lot of violence. It's pretty dirty. Uh, it's pretty poor. Um... It's probably not the place that you'd dream about living as a kid. Someday I'll live in Albuquerque. It's the right? number one partial birth abortion uh, city in the nation. But at the same time, there's an incredible opportunity to reach people for Christ there, and the campus as well. There are a lot of ministries that are thriving there, and uh, there are a lot of opportunities to network with them. We'll explain some of those issues in a minute. Uh, but really... Um, 
And we think God's going to do great things. So Anne's going to finish the next part. Do we, yeah, wait, you can just do we,
knew God would, would give me freedom, but at the same time, I wanted to be, you know, in his will. I know he gives us freedom, but I'm like, where is the balance to that? I don't know. And, and God, um, it was just interesting how God made it clear that when I found out about Albuquerque for a possibility, I even tried tried thinking about California too when we went to LA and it just didn't work out. It was all it was back to Albuquerque, um, and I I just have to say I I love it there. I feel like it's where I belong. So not only with Master Plan but Albuquerque. So I will go there as much as I can, and um, it's really because there's a bunch of single Christian guys out there. You know, the pool is so much bigger than Durango. I have my cat Charlie and I'm in Jesus. But um <laughs> But I'm excited about the opportunity to meet more people that are like-minded, that love Jesus, that I can hang out with. In Durango, it really is small. And I really I really feel like I kind of I don't know, I just feel like I've missed out on um, some fellowship that maybe there could be out there. But um I was asked to give my testimony of Wolf Creek Pass, and this was the last, the last straw of why I don't belong in Colorado. Um, <laughs> should I share it? You really want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> 
yet. It was like seven. The sun was going down, but and I just started again shouting out, "Daddy, save us! Save us! Save us! Oh my gosh, we're gonna die! We're gonna die!" It was a lot louder than that. But we go around, and and nobody was around, and it was. It took me two miles to stop finally because of how fast I was going, and and I and my truck brakes were ground down to the metal. There was no, and my trailer didn't have brakes any, of course, either, because that's what made me the all start um, the chaos. Anyway, so it, it it's a miracle that nobody died and that I still have that trailer. So anyway, <laughs> I will never go over Wolf Creek Pass again, even if it's in a little car that. <laughs>
<laughs> it was very unnecessary, but we talk a lot about Grand Junction or about Denver, just being really insecure, like where we'd be. In <laughs> and uh, we talked about it a lot. And the funny thing is, Anne would be like, I love my home church here in Durango, and I just love Durango so much. We have our friends, and every time she'd bring up something like that, I'd kind of counter it with, you know, like, we got to trust God. God will change our heart if that's where he wants us to be. You know, it's kind of being the encourager that it's all going to work out. But it's kind of funny because God, it actually kind of got flipped. God changed Anne's heart like super easy. And I guess my heart changed after that. So I'll let Anne share kind of how she was first called, I guess. So when Brandon says it's really insecure, like I talk to him like every week. <laughs> Yeah, 
not one of them know I'm a praying Christian ministry. There's a Catholic church on campus, and like that's about it, right? Um, so when they were talking about this and just saying there's a huge need, I just got really excited for that, despite what I don't like about Albuquerque, that it's really hot. It's just... <laughs> in a huge city, it's like Denver. Yeah, a big city. And hot. It's like if Denver had a baby. Excited about this and 
want to jump on this team. vision goes, we need a network with other ministries and organizations to disseminate the resources and things like that and to guinea pig test them with other churches and organizations and see how it goes. So I look forward to that a lot. And there's there are a few just really huge churches too as well there. Like I think Calvary Chapel, is that their biggest one? Uh, one of one of their biggest ones. Probably. has like thousands and thousands of people. But it'd be neat to start networking with some other organizations. Alright. The proximity to Durango is a huge pro for us. When we sat down a couple years ago and thought about the future of Master Plan, we said we want to expand out from Durango and as much as possible use the strategic resources God has given us in Durango. So it makes all the sense in the world to have a team close enough by where we can use the lodge, use the ranch, use headquarters, be close to headquarters, but at the same time have a, a thriving ministry as Plus, well. Plus, because we are the Great Commission Training Center team, we also need to be close to the physical location. So, mm -hmm. I was thinking that too. Okay. Um, for students in Durango, we noticed that when we have a retreat at the Lodge or the Ranch, we get students going back and forth where I think we'll have a better commitment to yeah. having students in Albuquerque. And that was the same for the conference last week. All the Durango people, they'd like <laughs> miss the nighttime sessions a lot of times or they just all they'd be late for a morning session they were the last day I guess uh, it was just if you're in Durango there's like this mixed commitment to Durango things when you can just go home and, and eat dinner away from whatever's going on okay also what's really cool about networking with Albuquerque people is Albuquerque is a dirty sneaky city I mean, when you look at houses in, in Albuquerque, I mean, our house is a modular, and we're under contract for 238 <laughs> In Albuquerque, you get, like, what's that? And that's a bargain. And that's a bargain, yeah. We came down a lot on that uh, because of who it is, you know? In Albuquerque, you could get 
I mean, we've seen five bedroom. We saw five bedroom homes for like 185,000. It's just crazy. You know what I mean? So it is. There is this potential to grow a team, and eventually, what we'd like is not just the campus team, but we'd also like there to be a GCTC team that's develop, developing curricula, that's developing the internet stuff that we need to do, the software that we need to do, all that, and an IT team. So the GCTC team that's doing curriculum training, IT team with all the online stuff, and uh, the campus team. And I think that there will be a broad support base, low cost of living, things like that that make that possible where it would be really difficult here, for sure. Um, oh yeah, the Catalyst team experiment. This is something that's really important to me. I really want to try that Catalyst team thing out and just see what happens. It's all theoretical. And I really want to do it. I just want to see what would it be like to get people in that city focused on Christ and the Great Commission, Christians, students, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm really excited to, to take a few new risks and try and uh, do the Catalyst thing a little bit. Interestingly, I found out the navigators in Grand Junction, I mean in Albuquerque, uh, they're using that as their model city for a three-year discipleship program. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I heard that from one of our supporters who at the time was in the third year of the program. I just about fell over. I mean, it's so similar to a lot of our vision. So I'm excited to network with other groups there that might share a lot of same and common goals and, and, uh, and, and see just what God will do in that city. Continuing with sharing pros about the Union campus, is just the proximity to a large airport. If the Great Commission Training Center really is going to be flying out to Central America, overseas in Europe or wherever, we're going to need to be next to a large airport. Or if we're hosting a conference and inviting people all over the world, we're going to need it to be a realistic place. And that's just kind of pricey and hard and it's kind of far away in Durango. So we're excited about the opportunity that the Albuquerque Airport can bring to this ministry. Uh, new opportunities that are cool. Uh, just radio, other types of ministry. God Solution's been happening here for a long time, and we're getting some of the biggest names and apologetics on the show, like, frequently. It's bizarre to me that they keep coming on the show, you know? Um, and I really, really, really would like to let them speak to a larger audience, and, and my heart, too, is to share Christ through that show, and I really want to expand that to a larger group than just Durango. So hopefully God will do some kind of unique things there, too. So those are some city pros. Let's talk about the campus real quick. Any yeah. stats on the campus? Yeah. So just a couple of stats about UNM. So UNM is 800 acres in Albuquerque, which is 900,000 people. It's a lot of people. Um, UNM has nearly 150,000 alumni, and they represent every state in 92 foreign countries. So if you can imagine, if we're doing spiritual multiplication, and those people are leaving New Mexico and going to other states and even to the world, like what impact that can have. I think that's really exciting. The enrollment last year, fall of 2013, was 28,644. And of that, did I not see that? No, it's 28,644. 28, and of that, 3,518 were freshmen. That's like just as big as during this campaign. So that's a big number. And um, there's 3,300 in dorms. So that's a lot of students we can reach. 45% uh, of the undergrad program are Hispanic. And 37% are white. And the other percent is represent minorities. And some of those are just African American, Native American, things like that. Muslim. 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 Mu
Yeah. Yeah, so it's a big, mostly unreached campus, and I say that because uh, we, there are a lot of campus ministries there. We've looked at the student organizations, and there are like 10 or 12 different Christian organizations on campus, but none of them are really, it doesn't seem, doing a whole lot on campus. And it's not just, um, it's not just like a random thought. So this Marine guy that I did Liberty with, he was actually a UNM professor. That's what he did with the Marines in Albuquerque. He just got transferred to uh, San Diego like a month ago. But anyway, he was going to come up to the GCT, uh, GCL, but got transferred. But he was actually a professor. He taught like amphibious assault and some other types of classes to the ROTC students. And, uh, and he basically said, it's just nobody's doing a whole lot there. Like it's just nothing's happening. He said the NABs, and he was very close to the NABs. He said they just had their biggest year in history on this campus. They had 40 students. And he said, um, and that was with one staff guy, and he just got removed from the campus to, like, Tennessee or something. So now they have no staff on campus. Um, and then crews there, or have been, um, but I, I talked, this is a few years ago, to them, and they're doing this, like, movements everywhere thing. So the guy that I talked to, Jason, I'll take this off so it doesn't go online, uh, he said that there wasn't going to be a big focus on the campus, but on the whole state. So they are going to be trying to spend a couple days here, a couple days there throughout the state. So we went, we looked, and tried to um, see what's going on on the campus with them. And uh, So when we checked, there was one thing for the entire semester, and it was just one Bible study one night, I think it was. There could be more that just wasn't on the schedule, but there was just no, it just didn't look like a whole lot was happening, you know. So Aaron and I went, this is back in like February, March, March maybe. We went and we, we said, we're going to talk to 10 students and just see how many of them are interested in Christ, how many of them know of a Christian organization, all this stuff. So we talked to the first 10 students we met on campus. We just went out in there, kind of like the front area in front of their student union building. And out of the 10, not a single one of them knew of a Christian ministry on campus, any Christian ministry on campus. Almost all of them knew of the Catholic Church. I haven't seen it yet, but everybody's like, there's a Catholic Church right on campus. Uh, but nobody, and four of them, here's the breakdown, four were evangelical Christians that are trying to walk with God, they're involved in the local church, but they had no clue of any Christian ministries. So it's not like they were floundering. I mean, they really wanted to grow with God, but even they had no clue of anything on their campus. Um, the other four were Catholics, and two didn't have any belief in God, but they were very open to talking about God. And while we were on campus, we looked for flyers everywhere, and this is in the middle of a semester kind of towards the beginning. You'd expect, like on our campus, you're going to see flyers everywhere for like, five Christian ministries or something like that, you know? We could not find one Christian flyer anywhere on campus. We've got um, flyers for Muslim outreach, so the Muslims are reaching out to people on campus, uh, feminist outreach. Like about this whole abortion deal. Yeah. I mean, we found a lot of stuff there. There's, we walk into the union building, there's a huge Muslim banner about this, uh, this guard at Guantanamo that became a Muslim, and he's going to come share his Muslim testimony and all this stuff. And, uh, so they're hitting the campus pretty hard. Uh, homosexuality is huge on that campus. Um, I've just seen that a lot, you know. A lot of people are hitting the campus hard, it seems. It doesn't seem Christians are, are doing a whole lot effectively on that campus. And I'm pretty confident that, um, that God wants to. I don't think he doesn't, right? Okay, who's next? Here. We're just going to finish this up. Okay. Yeah, so they have the computer science degree. Oh, the have you guys noticed in the Durango team, a lot of us were students and then came on staff. 
imagine, I mean that ha happened in Denver, and then Grand Junction. So begin Albuquerque, we're gonna recruit a lot more staff just being there. I mean, those students are gonna be discipled and fall in love with the ministry like we did and wanna come on staff. So we're gonna continue to build a bigger team just being in Albuquerque. Hopefully accounting students too. <laughs> Similarly, with the larger pool of students, that's more students that can come to Crush Beer, be a part of the Great Commission Training Center. We had two college-age students uh, come to the GCTC this year, and one of them specifically just really took this ownership of, I want to bring more people next year, and really just caught the vision of bringing people. So uh, we're excited about the larger pool of students to bring to things like that. So, and then there are other area colleges. This is really interesting. Uh, Santa Fe's like an hour away. There are colleges there. There are other colleges in town like CNM. We know a lot of students that came to one of our retreats last year that go to CNM, and I don't know of anything happening there either. Uh, so it'll be interesting to try and reach some other campuses as well. Uh, to end of May, so June next summer. So yeah, so that's kind of it.